Welcome to the Notary Ninja Show with your host, author, entrepreneur, and master ninja Mark Sykes. We discuss side hustles, business opportunities, scams leveling up, and much, much more. Ideas so sharp, they'll cut the competition in half. You can reach Mark at legaldocprepnotary.com. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to another episode of the Notary Ninja Show. Today, we have a very exciting guest. Uh, her name is Catherine. She is a master's in business. She is going to talk to us about digital marketing and e-commerce and how we can incorporate that into a service-based business. Um, I know a lot of people like me, I tend to turn a deaf ear when I hear things like, um, when I hear things like uh, opt-ins and funnels and it all sounds like something for selling things online and I'm a, ba- a service-based business in a community but the reality is is that that's probably a better way to do business and you're probably losing business if you don't have something set up like that so uh Catherine Smith welcome to the notary ninja show thank you so much for having me Absolutely. So let's uh, tell the audience a little bit about yourself and your background obviously having a master's degree in business is very impressive. Thank you so much. Yes, I do have an MBA. Um, My MBA is in business analytics, and I honestly never planned on being an entrepreneur. I got an MBA so that I could advance my career in corporate America, but um, health issues in 2019 kind of changed the course of (laughs) events, and I've been a full-time entrepreneur since 2019. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about your entrepreneurship experience. Sure. Um, So when I got started, I actually wanted to use my MBA uh, in business analytics and and do uh, marketing research and um, surveys and, you know, basically have these large clients and and help solve business problems and make enough money to buy bins, essentially. Uh, uh, But it didn't quite work out that way. Um, COVID happened when uh, I was about six months into business. And so that made it really difficult to do the networking I needed to get those contacts and get those very large contracts. Um, And so I fell back on something that I knew from my early career days, which was web Web development or web design mm-hmm. um, and just offer to create e-commerce websites for local businesses, local brick and mortar businesses that didn't have websites. So we do like a buy online, pick up curbside or buy online, um, pick up in store, you know, just for the the time where people really just weren't sure what COVID was doing and it, it shut things down here in the state of Georgia. Um, and so that's where I discovered Shopify. And I was like, gotcha. I like this. This is really cool. Uh, and then, of course, word of mouth referrals also just kind of blew up that business. And so I think officially, officially in 2021, I made the decision to pivot into e-commerce consulting. So e-commerce is essentially a combination of um, e-commerce marketing and uh, front-end web development. Yes, definitely. So I'm a bit of a Kajabi guy myself. Don't, don't chop me down, but maybe no. we can compare. Maybe you get me over to Shopify. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, but uh, so that is really interesting. So you basically, so if somebody, let's just say somebody was starting up a business and they wanted a landing page or a website, this is something you can kind of uh, gear them in the right direction. And, um, you know, that's important. When I started out uh, back in same thing, like 2019, um, I did not get the memo. <laughs> um, I, um, did a GoDaddy self-builder wet because I could do it. 
And I quickly realized that I wasn't, it wasn't ranking. I had no visibility. And when I saw people that had come into my, we'll say niche after me outranking, I thought, okay, there's a major problem here. Cause I kind of been around and fortunately my uh, local game was strong, but my web presence wasn't. But you know, when I finally shifted gears and got that taken care of, it is, it's doubled my income. I mean, it literally has doubled it just with things that are surprisingly simple, but they were confusing to me in the beginning. So maybe let's talk a little bit about that. If, if, if you're new to a service business, whether it was legal, financial, whatever, uh, and you wanted a landing page or website, what would be the next course of action? That's a great question and a question that people ask me a lot. Uh, and so the the way that I would follow up with that question is to ask, like, are you serving, are the clients or customers that you're serving, are they people anywhere in the world? Like, are they across the U.S.? Are they across the world? Are they basically virtual or online? Or is there a local element to your business? For your business, like the a notary, that's a very much a local business. Um, and so creating an online presence for a local business is a lot different than creating an online presence that anyone anywhere could find. Um, and so to your point, you know, the the challenge with local is like, okay, I'm a service-based business, I'm mobile, so I can be anywhere, but I don't have a brick and mortar presence. How do I how do I get my name out there? How do I mm. let people know that I exist? How do I have people to book my services? And that's where I think a really good website or web platform uh, can really help a service-based business. Absolutely. You know, my neighborhood won't let me put a sign in the yard. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I, I'm, I am definitely dependent on a lot of that. Obviously we do banners and stuff and, and I talk about this on the show, you know, you can wrap your vehicle, but uh, to, to be perfectly honest, that stuff has a limited time window where it works, where the the web presence works 24-7 around the clock. Um, one of the things that I've been a little vocal about, especially with people who, who, who I'm trying to educate in, in my, you know, in my niche or my service area is that um, this is better than the old way. This is way better. You're leveraging technology. Uh, and I guess if you want to cold call people, you can, but. I don't see why you do that. I don't, I don't, I don't see why you do that. Yeah, I personally never answer my phone. So that makes cold calling most me pretty people, difficult. Right. Most people are, and most people are getting that way. And it seems so much more logical to me to reach them with a newsletter and to build your audience base by, by email campaigns or email opt-ins. Um, and I think for people in a service-based business, it's probably really easy for them just to go, I don't need that. I don't do that. That's not what I do. I do this. Right. Uh, so maybe let's talk about that. What would you recommend for somebody local? Again, we get a website up. What would be the next step? Um, so locally, uh, like Google and I guess search engines have local uh, uh, aspects or local kind of um, features nowadays. That's the word I'm looking for. So you can actually search for notary near me. You can search for attorney near me. You can search for, you know, chiropractor near me. Uh, and Google is smart enough to know whether that business is in, you know, like the kind of Google directory or not, whether that business is nearby. Um, so for local businesses or businesses where, you know, you're mobile or you're doing business in person, one of the things that I definitely as a front end web developer and also as an e-commerce marketer do 
is optimize that website for mobile traffic. So definitely make sure that there is a location and a service area on there. Make sure that the services that you offer locally are highlighted and that, you know, all of the text and copy and everything on that website kind of supports that um, and that you have those keywords on the site that will allow you to show up um, in local searches. And I do believe that uh, the Google Merchant Center it used to be Google My Business. I think they've kind of lumped it they under changed the umbrella their name, of the Google yeah. Merchant Center. Yeah does allow um, service and area-based businesses now. So it's not just brick and mortar businesses. Um, so, so there are some things like that that you can do to optimize your online presence for local. And those would be one of the things. So definitely adding in those local keywords, adding in an address or kind of a business service area um, and setting up that Google profile so that, you know, Google's like, okay, there's a, there's a business here in this service area providing these services. Just make that really clear online. Okay, so now let me let's shift gears a little bit. So let's say because in my particular business, while I can and I do the bulk of my clientele is right here in my community, uh, I do do some virtual. So I do virtual notarization, or I do documents for people that they're able to download them, or just I email them to them, whatever. So how would somebody breach into? I, know, I think I might know the answer to this, but I want to hear. I want to hear from the master. <clears throat> How would how would they break into that kind of service area? Yeah, expand their reach. Yep. Sure. Um, so obviously you can optimize copy so that more people across the internet can find your business. Um, but when you start spreading out like that, especially with something as sensitive as kind of notarizing documents, people want to make sure that you are legit, that you're not a scam or a fraud, um, and that their information is protected and safe. Uh, and that's where our website almost acts like another employee of your business. So um, it helps make the uh, experience as seamless as possible. So people can go on the site and say, okay, do, 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 does this person offer the service that I need? Yes. Uh, here's some, like, how do I do that? Okay. All of the answers to that are on the website. Okay. Well, I'd like to start that now. How do I do that? Do I take a picture? Do I scan something? Do I upload something? How do I pay? How do I make sure that this information is going to be correct and accurate and stand up in usually court <laughs> or mm -hmm. at the bank or wherever you need this information? Um, and so that's where our website can really, really help you show up professionally and credibly online and just be really efficient in your business. So a lot of the automations that go on behind the scenes from those contact forms where people are saying, hey, I need your help with this. How do I initiate a project from doing price quotes to doing payments to um, sending and receiving documents securely? All of that can be done by a website and um, all of the, the services that are related to that can be integrated and automated so that you're not, you know, logging into different platforms or sending customers to different places to add information or update information or make payments or download things and, and that everything is secure um, as well. So I, I know that security is a really big concern these days. So it's really about trust and security when it comes to online platforms in general. Um, but having a, an experience that makes that seamless for the customers just puts you ahead of all of your your competitors. Excellent. I really liked that wording that you said that having the having that website is like another employee and it's I think it's even that that's an almost an understatement because it, this is a, something that works 24/7. You don't really have to pay it very much. Um <laughs> and uh but it's that le that leveraging of technology and there's probably no other time I think in history where we had the ability to do that so easily really um but so let me ask you do you have rec recommend 
what would you recommend for somebody as far as a website, a host? You know, there's so many of them out there. And um, I know they're not all created equal. Right, right. There are so many options available right now. Um, and it really just depends on your budget and your appetite for making updates and changes yourself. Um, so um, you mentioned Shopify earlier, but I actually only would recommend Shopify for product-based businesses. So if you're not selling something physical like a t-shirt or a mug or a digital mm. download, even I think Shopify is a little bit overkill. So I wouldn't recommend Shopify for everyone, right? Um, but also, if you are someone who doesn't have a lot of time and is not interested in either updating your website frequently or are paying someone to update your website frequently, I wouldn't recommend WordPress and WooCommerce because they are very effort intensive. The um, back end on WordPress is a nightmare. Um, I committed to learning it. Yes. It requires a lot of baby. Like I have to make sacrifices, like actual, you're in, the, in the light of the moon, you know, under mm -hmm. the, like, the rituals um, to get WordPress to cooperate sometimes. And that's not for everyone. Um, so I have a couple of platforms, you know, that I recommend for service-based businesses. Honestly, GoDaddy's one of them. I like the, I like the everything in one place. So if you need a, a solution like a, a payment portal and an actual website, maybe a blog and to sell tickets or do scheduling, something like that. I, I think that um, platforms like Wix and GoDaddy, even though they are more expensive, like everything is stable. There's not a lot of things that need to be updated. So if you don't mind spending a little bit of money, those are actually pretty solid platforms. Um, but if you're just like, listen, I don't like being nickel and dimed to death, then maybe not those two. Um, but there are so many platforms, um, you know, that you can use to, uh, you know, create an online presence. And to your point, you asked about hosting. Some of them you have to host yourself. So that's where like a GoDaddy or um, Namecheap or Dynadot or Google, um, there's so many hosts, HostGator, SiteGround, that's where all of those people would come in. But some of them are hosted by platforms. So Shopify is hosted. Shopify websites are hosted by Shopify. Um, GoDaddy websites are hosted by GoDaddy, GoDaddy most yeah. of the times. If you don't have hosting that's a different scenario um but yeah so to sum it all up i can talk about this all day but to sum it all up it really just depends on your budget um you know how complex or simple you want your setup to be what kind of features you want uh, like a payment gateway or um uh, appointment scheduling or automations on the back end or um you know uh, contact forms and mailing lists and things like that. So how complex you want that setup to be, what kind of features you want to have into that, and honestly, what your budget is and your appetite or your desire to spend time maintaining the site. So, Right, right, right. That's uh, one thing I can say about GoDaddy. It is very user-friendly. Um, it doesn't it doesn't take a lot to learn, and it is. It, it is kind of all-encompassing. They, they, they could do the, the commerce side. They can also do the... Um, the email campaigns too, right? They have uh, it's its own email sender where, you know, it, with other ones you end up having to get Mailchimp or or something else. Um, so that's uh, one thing I actually forgot about that. But I I'm happy. I'm WordPress. I'm happy. I'm happy with how everything ranks. Uh, but I don't like all of the plug in this and plug in that and update this plug in. It's like my goodness. Um, right. What a um, what what a monster. Um, so. I actually uh, so originally had WooCommerce and um, have now circumvented that, and I just route everything through Kajabi, which I really like. It's it 
pricier. It's even pricier than GoDaddy, but I have never looked at a month and thought, man, I regret that. That was it definitely has paid for itself and its its functionality. Um, and that's probably, I think it's a probably the same thing, overkill for most people. I think if you're in my industry, don't go get Kajabi. It's overkill. Uh, it's way overkill. <laughs> Maybe yeah. don't start with that. I think yeah. it's a real solid platform. And I like it because it's a standalone solution and it incorporates into an existing website. So if you have a website where you have blogs or articles, or to your point, you are doing your own content for search engine optimization or content marketing, Kajabi integrates very well into that. Um, there's another one, Kartra. Kartra and Kajabi are mm. kind of similar in my mind. Um, yeah. And yes, they are very expensive solutions, but like you're you're not going to have to integrate. You're not going to have to update a plugin. <laughs> you know, all of your, it's very easy to set up well, relatively. I say very easy to set up because I do this for a living, but um, it's simple for a person to set up. You don't need coding to set it up, basically. No. Compared um, to WordPress, no comparison. Right, <laughs> no exactly. Comparison, but, um, and but I don't you, pay anything you, for WordPress. <laughs> exactly. And you, you, I think most people that, um, really invest the time and energy into setting up those platforms and using them kind of how they were designed, definitely see the ROI on that. So like, you don't, you don't get platform slander for me. Like there are some platforms that I don't recommend for different reasons, but I'm never just going to flat out say, no, don't do that platform because every platform has some strength somewhere. <laughs> yeah. You know, this is true. I, I have um, tinkered with a few of them just to see how easy they were or if I liked them especially with digital stuff. So with digital products, I have, I think I've got a, a sampler digital product on just about all of them, just to see what, uh, just to see what picks or what ranks, you know, what can rank organically just to kind of, in my own experience, my own little project, maybe I'll write a blog about it. <laughs> but uh, so what would you say if somebody, um, let's just say you're an entrepreneur uh, maybe you're not service-based. Maybe you are product-based or digital product-based. I like myself because I am I'm an entrepreneur. I always like to clarify with people that I, the business I run is the real business I run. The digital stuff that I do, I don't even, it, it doesn't even count. I don't even count the revenue on that. That's just like, yeah, it's there, it exists. And I do content to market it. Um, that seems to be my favorite thing to do. It's because it's like a hobby. It's fun for me. But, um, and I, every once in a while, I'll sprinkle in a little bit of, paid ads but uh, that is a um th those are those are shifting tides there so what would you say about something like that like if somebody wanted to market digital or globally um so market digital products globally is that what you're yeah, saying yeah yeah so it's a different it seems like when i transitioned or when i started doing digital products it was like opening up a whole nother pandora's box like i'm great at what i do right here but mm -hmm. going out and in getting into that world, it was like a whole different, it's a whole different animal. Yeah, that's a good question. So to your point, um, some people treat the digital products like you're treating them kind of as a, like, eh, it'd be nice to make some revenue that way, but I'm not going to invest a lot of time, energy and effort into those products. But for some people, those digital products are their primary products. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think uh, I've seen it work both ways. I've seen it work both ways, but I think definitely if you're doing it as kind of a 
side product thing, like definitely having the expectation that this is going to make side product revenue um, is a good thing, a good understanding to have. And to your point, that's when you could probably spend a little bit more on um, investing in maybe paid advertising or things like that. But if it is your primary source of revenue, if it's like your main driver of business, definitely invest some time and energy into kind of going the organic route because you can do paid ads, um, but the organic growth for things like that is so much stronger than um, traffic or, or sales driven by paid advertising. Um, so I would definitely invest in a content strategy in that case. So if you're like, you know what, I don't want to actually offer a service. I want to offer digital products and I want that to be, you know, my entire business, then you're going to spend a, a business amount of time, like a, a paid job amount of time you know, investing in the content for that, investing in, um, you know, uh, keeping those updated and marketing those and growing the communities around those. Because part of it, if you're doing that, is that like, it's you, you are your product or you are the expert behind your product. Um, and so people want to see a lot of you. Um, and so, you know, a lot of, a lot of the digital content that's out there online goes out of date pretty quickly. So I think you found yourself updating it pretty frequently, or you probably need to update it pretty frequently. And then just, you know, let the people that are following you and that content out there know like, hey, I've updated this. This is, I'm staying on top of these trends. These are things that I know that you now know. It's 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 really in the marketing. And I think doing that full time probably takes a lot more energy, but it's not, not doable, um, definitely. But having the right expectations going into it, whether you do it as kind of a side way to earn some side money, or if you do it as a full-time revenue gig, I think having the right expectations going into it is important either way. Yeah, those are some um, really good points that you drove home there. I, I do think that obviously there's a shelf life to uh, some of this stuff, but I can speak from personal experience or from market research, actually. Um, when we were creating something for people, had to go see what the competition's got, you know, so I can come up with my own unique proposition. And uh, I was surprised that, 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 that there wasn't some up there. I'm like, well, this is kind of archaic, like a lot of great ideas, totally money worth. I'm not going to throw them under the bus. What they were asking for, what they got, you got it for sure. Mm -hmm. But there was some stuff in there. I'm like, that doesn't really, that's kind of outdated. You know, that's yeah. Get rid of that. You know, um, which I did, but uh, <laughs> you know, there and enter unique selling propositions. But uh, so cool, yeah, that's really insightful. So tell me, um, on your journey as an entrepreneur uh, and you know digital marketing and in, in helping other people, like it sounds, you said front end and back end. So it sounds like you do a lot of SEO type stuff. Um, what has been a major influence, source of influence for you, or who? Oh, that yeah, that's a great question. Um, and so because I never wanted to be an entrepreneur, I really literally started a business during what I thought was a temporary break from corporate America. I was just like, ah, I'm just going to, you know, toss out this shingle, make a couple of bucks real quick and then go back and get a job and like get a real job, quote unquote, real job, mm -hmm. um, you know, so that I can have the security of a salary and, you know, just uh, not really having to worry about where my next paycheck was going to come from. So entrepreneurship was has been a huge learning experience uh, for me. And in the first couple of years, it was a huge struggle. Like every day, I was just like, I don't want to do this. And like, it would get so overwhelming that I would spend days just like looking for jobs. I was like, you know what, I could go back to work. Like, never mind. <laughs> like, I am not fully well. I can go back to work. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um. So, you know, that getting past that 
I don't really want to do this. And it's like killing me <laughs> a point in entrepreneurship was a struggle for me. Um, and I feel like I'm incredibly lucky to have um, come into entrepreneurship where I came from. So I came from having a corporate job. I had worked in corporate America for over 10 years. I was making more than six figures. I had, you know, money saved away. Uh, I also had a partner who has a salaried position. So when I entered into entrepreneurship, it wasn't like a sink or swim. It wasn't like a make or break type situation. And that's probably the only reason I'm even around today. So one of the things that I'm incredibly passionate about at this point is to help some of those same people that are coming into entrepreneurship, either through choice or through necessity, who are in that first year, just like, this is terrible. This is horrible. I don't know if I'm going to make it. I don't know if I can do this, but they have a really good idea or they're really passionate about something. I'm, you know, I'm really invested in helping to lower barriers to success for them um, and showing up professionally and credibly and having a website that works for you is one very small thing that I can do to help those people be successful in business. And so um, th those are my core those are my core customers everybody's like oh you need bigger clients and I'm like yeah I need bigger clients but those are the people that are near and dear to my heart and those are the ones that I want to help more than anything in the world so the people that influence me are the people that are out here doing this entrepreneurship thing either by choice uh you know or by necessity and they're hanging in there and they're showing up for their businesses every day and they're asking people like literally what do I need to do to be successful in entrepreneurship and they're doing things and they're trying things to your point they're trying all these different platforms and you know creating different streams of revenue and and showing up you know and doing the work so yeah that's a um that's a really good point to take home too and I certainly can appreciate that there are I think that um as an entrepreneur you want to have a good general understanding of 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 concepts and how your business operates but you don't have to be a master of things you know you can outsource that uh and there's people like you who who are who can be a resource to them uh and that's really neat you know especially when they're starting out you know um one of the things we always like to do, we, we always tell people to, you know, mistakes to avoid. Okay, here's where I got suckered. You know, I, I wouldn't blew money on this. So don't do this. And and I do a lot of that on the show where I'll tell people, look, don't don't waste your time with one of with one of these. Uh, some of I might you know, throw some of them under the bus. Some of the ad companies that will cold call you to place ads with them. Probably, if they're cold calling you, then that's their technique. That's that's as good as they got. I would question how good their their other advertising metrics are. But, right. Um, so, so let me ask you, so if somebody was seeking out your services, and obviously it sounds like you you, you specialize in web development, internet, uh, that I, I think you referred to it as, as inside or on-site. So you basically like the on-site web development or the uh what would we be like uh on-site seo i think is the word i'm looking for did i say oh, that right yes um but i don't really do seo i'm not an seo expert there are people who are seo experts i work with those people um <laughs> my core expertise so my business is walton birch and walton birch's core expertise is digital marketing e-commerce marketing and front-end website development um, so we set up websites, we solve common problems that people with websites have. So if you either don't have a website at all, or you have a website and you're not getting any traffic, uh, you're not getting any conversions, um, you're not getting any engagement, like those are the problems that we solve. Um, we also offer um, additional services kind of under that same umbrella, because I know 
how hard it is to find qualified experts to work on your website once it is up, you know? So um, copywriters, um, SEO experts, uh, occasionally paid advertising. Um, a lot of the people that I work with are new in business and paid ads are just not something that I normally recommend to people who are right, in their first right. year of business because it is largely experimentation and sometimes experimenting on someone else's dime doesn't seem like a very They don't have a problem. <laughs> they do not. Pay-per-click specialists do not have a problem spending your money. Oh, yes. Uh, they there's will. a dis yeah there's a <laughs> disclaimer in there that this might not work um yeah and, but, and uh, for new businesses that don't necessarily have a following yet it's it's kind of like you know shooting out into the universe if you don't know who your customers are if you don't already have a list of people that are following you it's incredibly difficult to get a lot of value out of paid advertising just starting from scratch um, and so what i normally recommend and the point that at which i hand off my clients to paid advertisers is once the website is up once there is content on the website that is generating traffic that has a solid basis in SEO. Like I said, I'm not an SEO expert, but I do create content for very basic SEO. Lay too. the groundwork for it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So once the site is functional, once the site is working and up and live and everything, and, and you've started building that mailing list, that's when we can start thinking about, hey, like, what does a social media campaign look like? What does paid advertising look like? What does paid search look like? Um, once that foundation is laid, um, and like I said, uh, I work with people to get the, the that foundation laid, but when it comes to some of those experts, that's when I will hand off a customer um, just because I know I'm not good at everything. <laughs> gotcha. Now, um, that's, you know, that I mean, that's good. It sounds like you, you basically, you are working on the, um, the market perception, the perceived perception from your who, who your that entre's um customer is uh and i think that you know it's funny even minute changes to things can have a big difference you know mm -hmm. and even a one percent conversion increase is a lot of money <laughs> a one percent conversion increase is huge <laughs> like that is a lot. I was telling someone, um, one of my clients that has a relatively new site, she said, oh, you know, my conversion rate's only at 1%. And I was like, 1%? There are people that would kill for 1%. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, and especially as the volume increases, like if you think about it, it may start off as 100%, but five out of five is 100. <laughs> you know, one out of 1 million, you know, when, when it gets to be that number, those conversion rates drop dramatically. So it's kind of it's a it's a mixed blessing and and one percent can be excellent but you know when you have you know 10 people on your mailing list a 0.13 percent conversion rate it's not great you know but when you have 50,000 people on your mailing list one percent is a different expectation you know like one percent is a different kind of scenario and situation um but absolutely i i'm a big fan of helping people to start where they are um with the resources that they have like i'm not gonna oversell you on anything i'm not going to sell you something you don't need and as a matter of fact, if you bring me your tech stack or existing platforms and say, listen, I don't feel like changing this. I need this to work. I might make some recommendations, but I will work with that. Um, and I think that that's really important because a lot of the small businesses are kind of hobbling together platforms to kind of make things work. And to your point, one of the mistakes I made and one of the things that I strongly recommend against for new entrepreneurs is like, don't pay subscriptions annually up front. <laughs> 
don't just don't do it especially if they're expensive you're just like you know what i can save like six dollars by paying this annually don't do it because then you're stuck with it for a solid year and if it doesn't work then you have the sunk cost of that solution and then you you also have to search for a new solution so i at least test drive things for a few months at the monthly rate before i commit to a full year um but a lot of people that i'm working with they have these huge subscriptions, either one-time subscriptions or annual subscriptions for platforms that they're not using, they've never set up that aren't returning any value for them. Um, and to them, that's when I help with the setup. Like, So it's not necessarily web development. It's mainly, it's more kind of marketing automation and behind the scenes. Um, but yeah, so start with what you have and set it up and make sure it works how it's supposed to be working and, you know, just do what you have, what you can with what you have, because showing up is incredibly powerful. And I think that's another lesson that like new entrepreneurs can't really see because they're in the weeds, like before a dollar shows up, you know, it's important for you to show up. It's in your business is not going to come until you show up regularly and consistently in your business. And so that's one of the things I say, just like, hang in there. It's okay. Hang in there. I promise you, we are fine. Just hang in there. Um, and you will see results. I, you know, I've, I've seen it happen time and time again. Yeah. Those are really valuable truths that uh, I think are really easy to gloss over. Uh, I know they're, you know, um, I know there's things that I have personally done myself in starting a business that I kind of, you know, I thought, yeah, that sounds good on paper, but, uh, you know, just simple thing, the follow-up, the, the building an email list. Uh, and, and I would say that there's probably a direct correlation between how big your email list is and how, how much your revenue looks like. But for a couple of years, I never built an email list. I never had an opt-in. I just, people were just slipping right through my fingers because I didn't understand that capturing that repeat customer. It didn't occur to me how valuable that was. But um, so, yeah, these things are, you know, like you said, you, you show up first. No one's going to make you show up. But these are things that have, they have compound interest behind them. Um, so you don't see it. Maybe in your first month of business, two months, year of business, but year. my right. return on struggle. I tell people my ROS, my return on struggle is about two years. I don't know if that's just me. It's literally two years. I like that. I'm going to use that return on struggle. So <laughs> let's, uh, Catherine, tell everybody how they can get a hold of you. Uh, you know your your website here, and um, you know how they can reach out to you if they wanted to use you. And what I guess you, you've talked about this, but your keynote services, obviously. Sure. Um, so I work with entrepreneurs and small businesses who either don't have websites or have websites that really just aren't working for them. Um, I really like to focus on underestimated founders and people that just don't feel like they have the resources to hire experts to help them in their business. Um, but really anybody um, in the e-commerce and website space, uh, you know, we have an offering available for them. But my website is waltonbirch.com. The name of my business is Walton Birch. I have gotten away from social media for a while, but um, you can find me on social media, um, Instagram at, at KRS underscore consulting on Instagram. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Awesome. Did I answer the there question? Did I answer all your questions? You answered the question. I think that, uh, you know, people looking to be a notary entrepreneur, looking to get into that or any kind of small business. Uh, I think that you it sounds like you have something very solid to offer them. I know that those were murky waters for me in the beginning. And to have somebody to have somebody who can set that record straight and, and just come right out, give you some truths, you know, hey, your pictures are horrible. Get rid of these pictures, you know, <laughs> but it's valuable. It's valuable. It can 
shorten the timeline of that. What did you call it? That two year, the, the, the return the, on struggle, <laughs> return on struggle. It can shorten the return on struggle for sure. Um, I, Catherine, thank you for being my guest on the show. And, um, Guys, thank you for tuning in. Stay tuned. We will we keep cranking these things out. Uh, thanks for listening to the Notary Ninja Show.